Welcome to episode 30 of um, the Alia Graphic Podcast. Um, can't believe that we're on 30 already. Pretty amazing. Anyway, I'm Jurgi from Kingston Libraries in Victoria. And I have two awesome team members uh, from the Alia Graphic team uh, here today. So, Tara, you want to introduce yourself? I'm Tara from Wollongilly Library in New South Wales. Excellent. And we also have Gabby. And hi, I'm uh, Gabby from uh, Blacktown Libraries in uh, New South Wales as well. Yeah. And you used to be in a different place. Yes, I was the library technician at uh, St. Catherine's uh, School in Waverley. And now I have uh, a new job uh, being a librarian, a uh, branch librarian at uh, Riverston. That's awesome. That's awesome. Excellent. So. Um, First thing I I want to mention is actually that the Ledger Awards um, now transition into being called Comic Cards Awards of Australia. Uh, they, they've announced the shortlist, and uh, the awards will be um, given at the start of July in um, WA. Uh, but uh, they've announced the shortlist, and um, you know the. It's really worth checking out uh, the whole list. I won't read the whole list, but uh, there are obviously um, quite a few titles there that um, we have mentioned several times before, and even some that uh, you know uh, we had as guests uh, on our creator chat. So we we had, for example, Mike Barry, Faction Tank. Uh, we had James Foley as well, Chicken Cyrus. Uh, we also had uh, Pat Grant and Campbell White. Um, and who else am I missing? Chris Gooch, of course. And um, Queenie Chan is also nominated, who you know uh, we collaborated with uh, for our database. Um, she actually set up the whole database and everything. So yeah. Um, um, it's a really good list of titles and worth uh, checking out. Um, and we'll see who the winners are, but uh, definitely a great list. And of course, we'll put the the link uh, to the whole shortlist on our blog roundup. Uh, so please check that out. Now. Uh, as usual, we'll go through some of the news that have come out. Uh, so uh, I thought I'd start with you, Tara, because I know that you've been um, really interested and involved in something this month. Um, yeah, um, there was um, just released as a four-part webinar on manga. Um, it's hosted by the New York City School Librarian Association and the ALA Graphic Novels and Comics Roundtable. So they're doing a four-part webinar over the next four months. It's um, a panel of librarians with a special interest in manga collecting. And um, it's not just New York City librarians. The first webinar I watched, um, they were librarians from California, Michigan, uh, Texas, and not just school librarians, but public librarians as well. Um, 
this month's webinar was called Manga in Library. So it just gives an overview of why we collect manga, who we collect for. <clears throat> they talked about the importance of diversity in the collection. Um, some of the most popular titles that are circulating in their collections and suggestions for other titles that you might want to include. Um, of course, they discussed, you know, the shelving issues with manga collections being so large and possible solutions. And they gave a lot of resources to help, like, different blogs and reviewers and YouTube channels. Um, so, yeah, it's I think it's really, it was a very interesting. They're all very expert in their, in their manga collecting. Um, so it's really good to listen to. Their next webinar is um, Representation of Girls and Women in Manga, which I think will be a very interesting discussion. That's uh, June. Um, and then the last two, they've got um, July, Manga and Anime Programming in Libraries, which I think would be really interesting to see uh, what they do um, with the sort of manga anime fans that come to their libraries. And then August is Defending the Manga Collection. And you can access all these. Um, they have a YouTube channel, the New York NYCSLA. Um, they have a YouTube channel where you can watch these webinars. Uh, you can also <clears throat> go on their website and register if you want to watch it live. Was it at some reasonable hour? Well, they're in New York, so, um, yeah. <laughs> I think, um, you know, it might be like for us something like an 11 p.m. start. Oh, it's not yeah. too bad. If you're, if, you're a, if you're a night owl, uh, you could probably do it, but otherwise it's recorded, um, very accessible. And, um, of course, I will mention, yep, I, ha I interviewed Ashley Hawkins, who was on that first panel, um, she's also known as the manga librarian, extremely knowledgeable in all things manga and anime and her school library. Um, so hopefully we will have that interview with her out next month. Yes, we'll, we'll talk about that at the end as well. But uh, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll have that out in the next um, couple of weeks. So watch out for that one. Um, really interesting. And um, you know, manga is actually something that I've, I've, I've always watched anime, but I've never read much manga, apart from some of the classics. Um, but uh, that that's something that I'm working on. So you know, I've been reading a little bit of Demon Slayer, a little bit of Witch Hat Atelier. Mm -hmm. I've read a bit of One Piece as well, uh, the Zelda manga, just a few different ones. <laughs> that they I've been going through. They did mention that, like, for instance, with One Piece, you know, like volume one, volume two, like high circulation. Yeah. But then by the end there might be only two people that actually got to the end of that whole series. So Yeah, it's just such a massive, massive series. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah, that that's definitely something I'm, I'm working on. I also have a person... Uh, 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 a colleague at the library who she's a casual but uh, she's really really knowledgeable about manga it's a big passion so so you know I, I often encourage her to kind of talk to me 
and tell me about different titles and things like that. And it's been great because um, it's also been great for her because, you know, she feels like she's involved in developing the collection as well. So, yeah, excellent. Gabby, uh, what, what did you want to share with us? Um, so, you know, another day, another comic book adaptation. Um, so <laughs> this one is uh, Lady Killer, which came out in 2015 um, by creator Jolie Jones um, by Dark Horse Comics. Um, it was nominated for an Eisner Award um, as like a best limited series in 2016. And due to Netflix's um, deal that they have with Dark Horse Comics, um, it is being uh, adapted into a movie uh, featuring Blake Lively. So she will star as uh, Josie Shuler, uh, who is the quintessential like 1950s housewife. Uh, she, from the outside, looks perfect, got it all together. Um, but by night, uh, she is a killer for hire um, in her spare time. So pretty fun. Um, it will be written and directed by uh, Diablo Cody, who won an Oscar for her uh, debut film Juno. So... There's no details on when it's going to start yet, um, filming and all of that jazz, but, um, yeah, hopefully soon because um, it should be a fun one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there are so many adaptations these days, aren't they? And, um, and uh, there, there was an interesting article recently from ComicsBeat about, you know, how all publishers weekly, one or the other, sorry, can't remember which one, um, you know, about how... All these adaptations are really uh, driving a lot of sales as well. So, mm. so yeah, um, very important, you know, to to look at these kind of adaptations and and you know make sure that we have them at the library as well. So yeah, I'm looking forward to this one, absolutely, absolutely. So um, for me, I I I'm kind of cheating because I don't have only one. I have a few things I wanted to mention, but I'll try to brief. To be brief, uh, there's a there's a pretty good article, a, a really interesting article uh, I enjoyed reading from Book Riot, um, yeah, and it's called "Art Comics for Kids" or Iron Day, and uh, you know it's it's pretty interesting because it looks at the different ages, like the Golden Age and the Silver Age, and and the Bronze Age, and of course now. The modern age, um, although I reckon the modern age has a few different sub ages, and you know this kind of um, ongoing perception that they're for kids, although they have never really been um, for kids. You know, I mean, they were used um, as war propaganda, and they were read by soldiers during the war. Uh, you know, then of course you have. Um, that time as well when they tried to censor everything, you know, and they were deemed as dangerous uh, for kids and all that. Well, of course, you know, ultimate evidence that, of course, they're not for kids. When you're talking, uh, you know, about horror comics and things like that. Uh, so it's an interesting article because uh, I think just because of the overview throughout history, you know, so I really enjoyed reading that one. Um, so it's it's worth checking out. Of course, you know, reminder that these things that we're discussing will all be on our blog post and and with the links and all that. Um, 
And and it also kind of made me think, and today we talked a bit about manga as well, um, that this perception seems to be uh, pretty prevalent um, in English-speaking countries, you know, because in Europe it's different, um, definitely. And same with manga, you know. Um, I mean, manga in Japan is read by everyone. Yeah, it's spread by businessmen on the train, you know, on the way to work. Um, and it, there are all sorts of genres and everything. So um, I, I think that's interesting how this wrong perception is so prevalent and it's completely wrong. Another article that, um, uh, that was interesting was by Kevin Wolf uh, um, and it's published in their graphic medicine website. And basically, he's compiled and reviewed a list of titles that are related to climate change and environmentalism. And he's compiled a pretty interesting set of books. Uh, so I really recommend uh, checking this link uh, because, of course, it's, it's an important issue these days that it's often discussed and it's good for schools, but it's also, you know, one of the great issues of our time at the moment, climate change and environmentalism. So I definitely uh, encourage everyone to check um, this list and that there are some really great titles here. And finally, I also wanted to mention this uh, uh, another podcast, actually. And this podcast is called Circulating Ideas. And um, episode 199 is really worth checking out. Uh, basically, uh, John Balestro, uh, who is the editor of the Library's Guide to Graphic Novels, uh, talks with quite a long list of contributors, uh, and they discuss, you know, the changing ways that graphic novels are created, and packaged, and marketed, and released, and uh, it's all in relation to libraries, you know. So they explore topics such as the history of comics, but also collection development, cataloging issues with comics, specialized resources, things like that. So it's a really interesting um, episode. It's it's almost like a kind of documentary, I guess, uh, where, you know, uh, uh, quite a few different contributors talk about different aspects of comics librarianship. So I highly, highly recommend um, this episode for everyone. Of course, there, there are a few more news items that uh, we'll, we'll put in the blog post and also some webinars and things like that. So make sure you check um, those links and check our blog post. Did anyone want to add anything else to, to those? Or did you want to mention quickly another of the news items? Not a news item, but I was going to make a comment on that podcast that you just yep. mentioned. I think I'll definitely be having a listen to that because I ordered the library's guide to graphic novels back in April and I'm still waiting for it. I've been <laughs> waiting a long time. It's I think because of the delivery from the US, it's just taking a while. Ah, uh, yes, yeah. Um, uh, my parents were not able to send any uh, any parcel for, you know, since COVID started. 
until March when they finally went to the post office and they said, oh, yeah, you can send something to Australia. Uh, they sent it the, um, the 18th of March and it, uh, it arrived here at the beginning of May. So, yeah, things are taking a very long time. Whereas, yeah. You know, usually when they sent a parcel, it used to take about a week, week and a half. So, yeah, things are taking a very long time. I guess moving on to the new release books. Uh, first, I want to mention uh, that uh, this month we have a new release from an Australian creator. So, Lee Lai has published uh, Stormfruit through uh, Fantagraphics. It's an excellent graphic novel. I highly recommend it. And we also had a creator chat just uh, recently with her. Please listen to uh, to the creator chat and uh, get on some fruit. Uh, but what are your picks, uh, Tara? Um, I've picked this month um, actually two. I'm going to do two. They're both concluding series. So... Yeah. We have um, Invisible Kingdom 3 in Other Worlds. This is the final volume um, in this series. So it's quite short, three volumes um, for a series. Um, this is by G. Willow Wilson, who also has, I think, was recently released Wonder Woman Volume 3 as well. So she's quite busy. Um, yeah. And with co creator Christian Ward. Of course, Invisible Kingdom is a Eisner Award-winning series. Um, for those that don't know, it is a sci-fi series, two female protagonists. This is a religious nun, and I think Grits is a freight pilot for a large corporation, and their, their characters are polar opposites. Um, they go on a lot of intergalactic adventures yep. and challenges there's you know questions about religion and consumerism in this series um this last volume was originally planned for 15 single issues but it's gone straight to a trade edition um due to covid shutdowns yep. so just like the first two volumes it um has gorgeous illustrations it's a very colorful um art in this series so for fans of sci-fi or fantasy i think this would be a good pick the other series that is concluding um is gideon falls so volume six has come out uh, it's called the end it's from jeff lemire Andre Sorrentino and Dave Stewart, and I have it here with me, but I haven't read it yet. Um, it's relatively short, 80 pages. Uh, I had a quick look at reviews and they're mixed. Yep. Um, I didn't want to look at them too much because I didn't want any spoilers yep. or to influence my expectations of the ending, but I think... Um, as with many things, when it comes to finales, uh, whether it be a novel or a comic, a film, we you know we want closure and our questions answered, our suspicions confirmed. But I don't think we will get that in Gideon Falls. Um, everything in this series has been unsettling, from the multiverse, parallel world, conspiracy-driven storyline, 
to the art design and panel layout. So I I can't see how they're going to wrap that up neatly in 80 pages. I could yeah. be wrong, um, but I have a feeling we'll be left unsettled just as we began. And, Ergie, you look like you've read it already. So No, I haven't, actually. I haven't read it. Okay. I, I I haven't. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I uh, I'm actually kind of hoping that they don't explain everything. Yeah. Um. You know. I I hope that um. So I don't know. I feel like very often. Um. I love horror, but very often in horror, uh, in the third act, they try to explain everything and wrap up everything neatly, and very often. The explanation for me just, you know, cut off, and that's a lot of the uh, the good things in the story. Yeah, and especially when something is so you know mysterious and and weird as this series has been. So you know, I hope that you know they do give us some answers, but they also leave some things up in the air. Uh, for for you to kind of ponder for years to come. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I have a feeling that might be the case. Yeah, um, yeah. At the back of this volume, there is some supplementary content. So they've got, you know, a map of the multiverse, the inner workings of the barn, what what is the centre of the universe. So, um, yeah, that could be interesting and perhaps that's another way that they're looking at you know, answering some of those questions as well. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I'm yet to read it. I'll reserve, reserve my judgment until yeah. then. But looking forward to it, it's been a journey. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Mm. Um, uh, si since you are mentioning two finishing series, I'll mention that there's also another one that's uh, the, the third and last volume. So there's... Um, uh, Wonder Woman Earth One Volume Three by Grant Morrison and Yannick Paquette. Um, that's uh, that's been a long time coming, and it's the third and final volume. I understand uh, it has been a bit of an uneven series, but uh, but uh, you know Grant Morrison is Grant Morrison, and um, Yannick's art is wonderful. So yeah, we'll we'll see how they finish that series as well. Anyway, Gabby, what you got for us? Uh, so my uh, book of the month, book, yeah, new release of the month, um, is a children's comic called Metropolis Grove, and it is by uh, Drew Brockington, um, who was the creator of Catstronauts in Metropolis Grove. Um, they sort of, like, sit next to the big city, and in the big city, um, you know, Superman, hard at work. Um, but in Metropolis Grove, uh, no one believes that he is real. Um, so they're not really, they're not really sure. So the kids are a bit, uh, suspicious. That is Superman real. Um, apart from, uh, newcomer Sonia, who, who does fully, fully believe in Superman. And she sort of gets, um, her new friends, Duncan and Alex also on this, uh, belief. And, uh, so over the summer they form a friendship um, around this and they find a secret cave, which they believe is Superman's cave um, because of all of the super memorabilia um, in there. And naturally uh, they can't keep it to themselves. <laughs> so they start back at school, uh, tell everyone. But um, 
is is it actually Superman Cave? Is it someone else's cave? And sort of the chaos and the fun starts from there. Um, but yeah, it's super bright, super fun. Drew Brockington Catronaut series is very popular. In the my school library that I worked at, we had to buy all eight or nine uh, volumes of it um, because the girls loved it. So Metropolis Grove, I think, will be uh, sort of the same. Once kids read it, they'll just want want to know answers, want to know more. So I'm excited for that one. Excellent. Yeah, does look good. I'll start with a young adult one. It's called uh, Wind, I imagine, although it's written with a Y. I don't know. Maybe it's Wind. I'm not sure. Uh, book one by James Tinian IV and Michael Dialinus. Uh, it's published by Boom, and uh, it, it looks um, really, really um, interesting. Um, James Tinian is a pretty good writer. Um, he's writing Batman and also something killing the children. Ba- basically, it looks like a young adult fantasy adventure, really fun, colorful, um, you know. So, about learning to spread your wings and, you know, no matter the dangers that life puts you, um, puts in your way. So, Looks like a really fun series. I think this uh, this will be a winner, and my my boy is definitely eager to get his hands on this one. So, and the other one, uh, I'm personally really looking forward to um, the Secret to Superhuman Strength by Alison Bechtel. She's pretty famous. She has <laughs> uh, pretty important books uh, published before. She doesn't published that many graphic novels so you know of course um it's um it's an event now that she's publishing this one so again it's autobiographical uh as it's usual with her uh and uh you know it's again pretty personal story about self about self-sabotage mortality addiction uh, bliss, wonder, lots of things, you know, um, with with um, her usual um, kind of humor as well. Um, so really looking for, forward to this one. We'll see. Apart from that, I wanted to mention also some uh, Kickstarters that are now live. Uh, we've got four Australian Kickstarters that are live at the moment. We've got the 13th Labor. Um, uh, it's got eight days to go, so if you want to get onto that, uh, please do quickly. Uh, and it's basically based on the story of Hercules and his twelve labors. Well, that's the that's the myth, but now there's a thirteenth labor. So if you want to read it, back it on Kickstarter. Uh, there's also another one called Crucifix Executioner which is obviously not for kids. Uh, uh, and it's got 31 days to go, uh, and uh, it's almost reached the funding goal, but not quite yet. Uh, but it's got 31 days to go, so I'm sure they will. Super Ready Battle Armor, which is an Australian manga. So, uh, uh, and it's issue number four. It's already reached its... Um, funding goal but it's it's got 55 hours to go i think the podcast may come out just as it's finished 
um, because I need some time to edit this. But <laughs> but yeah, super ready battle armor in number four. And also uh, the last one is Enmity, a post-apocalyptic comic with Lucifer's daughter, and which looks like a pretty fun um, comic. So uh, that one has 28 days to go, and it's about halfway towards reaching its funding goal. So, uh, um, you know, even though we won't be able to have them at the library immediately, hopefully uh, some of these uh, comics will uh, be available through library suppliers in the future and we can get them. So it's good to keep track of them. And um, some other uh, Kickstarters that are coming up of Australian comics. So not live yet, but coming up, uh, we've got uh, Extreme Champion Tournament, uh, Monsters Anthology coming up, Angry Squad 2, and also Terra Olympus 3. I'm sure there are some others, but uh, those are the ones that uh, kind of gathered today. Now, coming up, uh, coming up in June, we've got the chat with Ashley Hawkins, um, Ashley Hawkins and Tara. So can you tell us a little bit about it? Like a sneak peek? Um, yeah, so Ashley Hawkins, Manga Librarian um, in New York City. We just discussed um, basically manga collecting, um, what to collect, how to collect, why to collect. Um, and, again, she gives some great, great advice and resources um, on how you can do that for your library. Yeah, so very good. Yeah, manga incredibly popular with kids. Um, my son is 10 and now he's, uh, you know, he's um, going through all of Dragon Ball, all of One Piece, uh, My Hero Academia, um, the Zelda comics, um, of course, some of the manga I need to stop him from reading, <laughs> still. Yeah, yeah <laughs> but, that's actually, that's probably some of the discussions, you know, um, the first, first few volumes seem, you know, Pretty good for kids. It's all very nice. Um, get to volume twenty six. Things are pretty dark. Yeah. Um, so I think that's um, it's why it's really good to talk to somebody who reads a lot of it. Yeah, you can let you know. Um, yeah, this series sort of changes down the road. Or um, yeah. yeah. Excellent. Uh, I, I'm really looking forward to to your chat with Ashley. And of course, remember that there's also that manga webinar series that uh, Tara mentioned. Um, so yeah. Uh, also coming up in June, we've got a creator chat that will only come out as a podcast. Creator chat with Safda Ahmed, who's published um, "Still Alive: Notes um, from Australia's Immigration Detention Centers and Detention System." Excellent creator chat. Uh, I actually talked to Safda Ahmed myself, and uh, I thought it was a really, really great chat. He's a really interesting guy, so I highly recommend that one. And the book's already come out, and it's an excellent, excellent graphic novel, and I highly recommend it to libraries, also secondary schools, uh, get onto it. It's got a lot to say, and you know, it's it's great to hear um, stories from 
the people who are actually in detention. Uh, and that's essentially what Safda does. You know, he shares the stories of these people who are in detention, who are so often silenced uh, by the government. So uh, really interesting graphic novel, highly recommend it. Of course, we also have our graphic novel book club, which starts in July. And we'll be sharing the full list of monthly, of monthly themes and books very soon. So look out for that. For our first session, we recommend reading They Call This Enemy, um, written by George Takei. Miss um, uh, Marvel, volume one, No Normal, uh, Willow Wilson, again, mentioned a few times today. And uh, Alone uh, by Chabouté, um, French uh, graphic novel, um, pretty interesting one. And also Chris Gucci's Bottled, uh, his first graphic novel. And the theme for that first month is introducing um, new readers to graphic novels. Uh, so look out for that. And finally, also uh, coming up uh, soon, very soon, uh, we are actually collaborating uh, on the next Auslib chat on Twitter. So, uh, Watch out for that because the next All Sleep chat is all about graphic novels. So tune in to that. I think that's pretty much it. Um, anything to add, Any either of you? Yes, join us. Uh, our Auslib chat is this Tuesday, the 1st of June, um, and it's at 9 p.m. Um, so we'll be talking about all things uh, graphic novels. Um, so you just need to use the hashtag Auslib uh, chat uh, to join in. Excellent. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. Um, I'll, I definitely have to remember this time because usually the Oslip chat, like I come back from work and, you know, dinner, this, that, make sure that, uh, you know, my kid goes to bed and then it's like, now I'm a zombie. I just need to watch something before I go to bed. <laughs> this time I, I'll, I'll make sure I remember. Yeah, anything else to add, Tara? Uh, no, not from me. Thank you. Yeah. All right. It's been it's been great to chat with both of you, and uh, we'll we'll chat online on Twitter <laughs> next. <laughs> See ya. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Graphic Podcast. Hit the subscribe button on our YouTube page and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter at Graphic. Email us at aliagraphicinfo at gmail.com and check our blog, aliagraphic.blogspot.com for updates, monthly roundups of news and new release titles.